As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Wildcard week continues. I gotta say, John, I am legitimately excited about this weekend. With one exception, the, the Bear Saints game. <laughs> like you want to watch the? Sorry, I was not expecting that open. Um, I, I threw I threw you off a little bit there. You huh? did. You did. You did. Uh, so you're excited to watch the Washington football team? <laughs> Actually, I am. Are you dying? Are you okay? You threw me off that much. I am now coughing into my tea. I just killed Adam Johns with that open. I just traded you to the Texans. Gosh. I know you did. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. First of all, I'm not being completely serious, but if I had to rank all the games this weekend, I'd probably put this one last. I actually kind of am excited for that Bucks Washington game. I think Washington can oh, win. That's right. You you said that a couple days ago. Yeah, did, and a Hall of Famer say, yeah. laughed me off the pod. Yeah, <laughs> Dan Pompey did do that. Yes, yes. He, okay. he was bewildered, just like I am half the time on this podcast. Well, yeah, I'm used to it. That's okay. Uh, welcome in. We will break this thing down. It's uh. We'll try to be optimistic. We can try to be optimistic. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue. There's some Twitter hijinks going on right now. We'll, we'll get to some of that at Adam Johns on Twitter. And, of course, you can read us at NBCSportsChicago.com. That's where you can read me. And TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to sign up, subscribe, and digest all the amazing sports content that exists on The Athletic and podcasts like this one. Uh, we will break down the Saints. We'll talk to Cat Terrell 
who covers the Saints down in New Orleans for the Athletic, and we will talk about these wild card games. I am excited about. It. I think I, I I've been excited since we learned that they were expanding the playoffs. This was the thing I was most excited about. The tr- two double triple header. Yeah, Does that makes sense. The double, yeah, the double triple it header. Does. You get you get one on Saturday and you get one Sunday. And if you haven't checked Twitter today, the Bears are trading for Deshaun Watson. Wow. I love Twitter. We're getting legit trade offers in our mentions, I think, right now. I just killed John's again. Not I, legit. I, I just brought that up and legit he froze. in the minds of the fans. Adam, our mentions are full of trade proposals right now. Yeah. Some serious, some not so serious. I don't think trading for Deshaun Watson is a serious option if I'm the Texans, but it's good for Twitter. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to propose any serious trades on this one because if Houston trades the Sean Watson, they should immediately be contracted from the NFL. Just just get rid of the franchise altogether if they're that stupid. Uh, and Nick Casario is not that stupid. There may be some truth to whatever's been leaking out from Deshaun Watson's camp that he's not happy. Quite frankly, he should not be happy with what transpired in that franchise over the past year from trading DeAndre Hopkins to how the season unfolded. Did you see that little video um, of them? He and JJ Watt walking off the field Sunday or JJ apologized to him. I I saw that strong. That's basically said we should have won 11 games this year. And then Watson had his tweet. Was it yesterday after they made their GM hire or the, the word leaked out about that? Um, yeah, definitely some some things to sort out through. Yeah, with, with your your superstar quarterback that you may want to address immediately if you're running that football team right now. I did not know what that tweet was about. It was said uh, some things never change. I honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it had to do with Jacob Blake and the fact that charges weren't pressed on those police officers in Kenosha. Um, so who knows? It was it was one of those cryptic things that he never explained, and uh, so it could be interpreted in a lot of different ways but look if you and i don't know what he feels about the hiring of nick casario he had input in all this did he not didn't we talk about this a few podcasts ago like he was part of their like he was giving them input in in terms of the search which they should he's your franchise quarterback and i love that they didn't hire one of the five guys that that uh, search firm recommended that's great but look i don't know here's the thing watson has a right to be upset and he also has a right to have say in whoever the hell they're going to hire as his head coach. So, smart people in the NFL, putting out the fact that right now you're a little grumpy, probably a smart move to try to get some leverage into what's going on here. That's all I think is going on here. I do not think Deshaun Watson's getting traded, no. but we can still talk about trade ideas. I think yeah. it's fun. <laughs> well, one, before we get to this this great trade proposal that I like on Twitter, um, I like that Deshaun Watson, being a young QB, knowing how important he is to that team and knowing how how much help he needs, I like that maybe he is leaking some information, that, that he is unhappy. I like when players attempt to take ownership of certain situations, and quarterbacks should be the leaders of that. And Deshaun Watson is the best young, one of the best young leaders in the game right now, so it's great. I like it. Go ahead. Go through the straight proposal. But well, we're going to trade him to the Bears. <laughs> I got traded, apparently. Yes. Yeah, I signed off on that. Someone someone traded me to Houston because 
NBC Sports Chicago's Bears Talk Twitter brought up a 2013 tweet from Deshaun Watson where he said, I like this Chicago weather, and I just I don't agree with that. It's freezing and cold, and I said that, and then I got traded to Houston because of that. So, you know what? If that's what it takes to get Deshaun Watson traded to the Bears, I'm willing to do it. I get better weather, and the Bears finally get their franchise quarterback. I can I can I can deal with that. Uh there's another trade proposal here though from at the Tailgate Show. The trade package includes the Hancock Building, the Bean, Virginia McCaskey, Khalil Mack, and Portillos. Ooh, ooh. I believe Virginia McCaskey has a no trade clause, so I don't think that's gonna be part of the deal. And Portillos, they're Portillos are kinda like everywhere now. Um yeah. I think they're in Texas. I could be wrong. I know they're in Arizona. So I don't know if they've made it to Texas. I've seen the one in Arizona. Like if they want something truly Chicago, and maybe Superdog, maybe Pequod's Pizza, one of the establishments that have stayed mainly and exclusively, I should say, local. Yeah, I draw the line at Portillos. You can't trade Portillos. Portillos is like a growing empire, though. It is, and I'm very glad there's one down the street from my house. Let's see what else. Yeah, and some people are pointing out that the tweet about the, you know, the tweet about the weather was from June. I do nice. like Chicago weather in June. It's nice in June. Yeah, very nice. January. January is when you celebrate a breaking thirty-two, and you can f- you can actually feel the warmth. If you're from Chicago or from the Midwest or, or the Northeast, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you're under 32 for a week or so, and then it breaks 32, you could feel the difference in the air <laughs> as things start to thaw. Like you start to thaw yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. Some I dudes do. wear shorts. Yes, it's the. I, I laugh at it every year because it's the time period where we pretend it's not cold out, and it's <laughs> for still, some guys it's not. <laughs> still, very much is. People are wearing sweatshirts, and it's you know if you wore a sweatshirt. In that same temperature in October, you'd be freezing. But, you know. Um, Anyway, not a weather podcast. I would say that there is a better chance that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Chicago Bears than Deshaun Watson. That's for another podcast. Now that. And that I actually believe. That's something, yeah. (laughs) I actually believe that. That's not just me saying something. I think that there's a better chance... That Aaron Rodgers ends up being out of Green Bay sometime in the next two or three years. I mean, this is something he's openly talking about. The Pat McAfee show that we played for you the other day, these are the conversations he references on his own sometimes. He knows they drafted Jordan Love. So I'd say there's a better chance that that happens. He clearly holds a grudge over that. It's resulted in an amazing MVP season for him. So you don't think he'd consider signing with the Bears if he gets forced out of Green Bay? Damn right he will. That'll be awesome. That, <laughs> for, for a guy who's got that that, that Jordan-esque, like, grudge, oh, yeah. grudge building, like, slight driven, you know what I'm talking about? Like, tenacity to him. That'd be the ultimate, like, answer to any feelings he has up there. But he's got a Super Bowl to win this year first, my friend. Doesn't that sound more likely to you, though, than Houston trading Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Anywhere? Yeah. Anywhere. Let alone... Well, it, it would just be stupid, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's just so stupid. 
let's just leave it at that. Like a lot of stupid things happen in the NFL, but that would be by far, at least in recent modern history, like the dumbest thing that any team in the NFL has done. The only thing that makes that job attractive right now is Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yes, yes. They don't, and I and I sort of get the thinking like, okay, they don't have any draft picks. You could pull in a haul. <laughs> and by the way, if they are really willing to do that, I would. I'd trade like five first round picks for him. But well, the Bears should. Well, take it. This franchise has struggled, continuously struggled to find that franchise quarterback. So this yeah. makes sense for this franchise, but that's like a lesson learned for the the Houston Texans. Don't do it. You got one, a great one, a special one. Don't be well, dumb. Well, and they should know that. They just went through a whole winning period where they didn't have the quarterback. And then the roster fell apart once they got him. So that's fun, though. That's fun and, to think hey, about. Hey, there's a playoff game. I think we got a preview. Yeah, we should. We should. Should we? We should just jump right in with Cat, shouldn't we? Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's bring in Catherine Terrell. You can find her on Twitter, and you should be following her this week, at Cat with a K underscore Terrell. And uh, thanks for jumping on with us. What is the... Let's start with this, because I'll tell you, in Chicago, it's pretty much like doom and gloom. Season's already over, even though the Bears made the playoffs. They're definitely going to lose this week. So what's the mood like in New Orleans? I guess especially given the heartbreak of the last three years for this team in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Saints fans are not getting their hopes up about anything. They've just seen this story one too many times, um, trying to be cautiously optimistic. But after last year, uh, I think fans are a little on edge. But I also think that they know and the team knows that this is a very talented team who's certainly capable of running through the playoffs. They just have to play up to their potential. How is this team different from maybe the, the teams of, let's say, recent past where, where they had those high hopes? And I know they've been through a lot this year. Drew Brees got hurt. Of course, everybody has this whole COVID-19 situation. But how do the Saints to you feel different this year as opposed to seasons past? I think their defense is playing better than it ever has uh, with, you know, a few exceptions. They were playing well at the end last year, and that's kind of trickled over. But I think even some of those players from last year are, are better at this point. The The real difference is the, I don't think the offense is, is very good um, or it's very inconsistent. And a lot of that is attributed to injuries, but it's also just gotten to the point where you can kind of clearly see the end for Drew Brees' career. I mean, last year it was kind of, well, you know, everyone still thinks he's going to come back. This year it just feels like the end. So it's almost just kind of like, yes, it, it feels like Drew Brees' last ride or last run or whatever, but it also feels like, this, feels like the Saints have to have this defense play as well as it's been playing in order to make a run. And it didn't used to be like that in the past because they had these great offenses. Cat, the Bears are a different team, especially on offense, since the last time these two teams played in November. I'm just curious from you know, your outsider's view of what's going on with the Bears – 
How did you view them in that first game? I mean, it was a game that went to overtime, and if the Bears are going to give themselves any kind of optimism this week, it's, it's that they took the Saints to overtime earlier this season. Um, but that also seems like it was a long time ago. Yeah, a long time and a different quarterback. <laughs> um, I think I view them in a better light now than I did at that point, maybe. Um, that was a weird game, uh, just all around. I think I'm not giving the Saints an excuse in that game, but it was weird because we had just dealt with a hurricane that week. So, you know, this team's going on the road. They uh, Half the players didn't have power in their apartments. The facility, uh, half, like the half of the facility didn't have power. So it was natural to me that they it didn't play well. But I also think that this Bears team is, is much better now than it, it was. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's how you view it, seeing them every day. But um, I think, you know, I think this team can still give the Saints a run for their money and make it a close game. Well, it's it's Mitch Trubisky's show. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're calling it the... The, the, the last stand, maybe, uh, on the, the Athletic on the Chicago page. The last stand, uh, I love the it. The last stand this morning. It, there's, this is it. This, this could be it for him. He's, he's helped change his story a bit by, like you said, playing a little bit better. It was Nick Foles um, who faced the Saints the first time. We, we joke here on the podcast, Kat, that that was like a different season. Just like that was the Nick Foles part of this year of, of 2020, and it's been – like it, Chicago's tried to forget it because he was so bad. That was actually one of one of his better games. So uh, I'm curious with Trubisky um, playing. Like, what what are the Saints saying about it? Like, do they see this as a different team? Do they see them as different um, with Trubisky as their quarterback? What are they saying? Well, okay, I'll give you a list. Uh, a Saints fan posted on Twitter uh, just to reiterate that you know it, it doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame quarterback to come in and beat the Saints. Someone posted this, quarterbacks who have eliminated the Saints from the playoffs since 2006. Rex Grossman, Matt Hasselbeck, Alex Smith, Russell Wilson, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. So they're saying, you know, they they almost don't. They're like, I wish it was someone other than Trubisky because I just feel like that's, you know, he's going to come in and and everyone's going to say, oh, you know, he's not very good. And then he's going to come in and do something crazy. But it does – it is crazy. Like, it is crazy that it's just too completely – uh, different Bears teams almost. I mean, with the Saints, you'd almost uh, separate the season into quarters, you know, not halves, because you know, there's just there's a very specific injury, like every four weeks, or COVID, or Drew Brees being out, and Taysom Hill playing. Um, so I think both these teams have kind of ridden a roller coaster. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think they're taking it lightly. I think especially in light of the fact that defensively, I would assume the Bears would just stack the box and force. Uh, Drew Brees to put the game on his shoulders and in the past yeah no problem I mean he always did that but now I don't know I don't know what to expect uh, coming in this week yeah I don't know if you you meant to do this but you just provided Chicago with with hope <laughs> yeah they're gonna they're gonna hate me if I uh, destroy no. their hopes I think no, no, no. Like, don't get our hopes up they're, they're, they're looking for it they're, they're looking for it any last chance to you know keep this thing alive they'll take it. the playoffs sure. why not I mean I mean Absolutely. hey I made it here right yeah yeah you know they snuck in the the basement doors we've said on this, on this <laughs> show <laughs> so you it sounds like the that there's an omission that drew Brees isn't Drew Brees anymore. I mean, 
he's obviously not with the arm strength and things like that, but you know, he's still obviously really smart too. And the way he reads defenses and the pairing with Sean Payton has been very successful. I think the pessimism actually surprisingly on this side cat is, has to do with the bears defense. And I, and one thing I've been harping on this week is just how the two defenses in this game have gone in different directions since the first time they met. Mm-hmm. The Saints defense has gotten really, really good, and the Bears defense has, quite frankly, been pretty bad in the last month. So um, I, I guess the question is, how limited is Drew Brees these days? Because you see some of that, but you also know that he's still you know, one of the best quarterbacks ever. Yeah, absolutely. I sound like I'm being super negative about him. Just I'm just honestly being realistic. I think with him, it's kind of a, a thing where he, he gets a little better every week. I mean, the guy had 11 rib fractures and a collapsed lung. For yeah. anyone to assume that he was going to come out against the Chiefs when he came back and just be brilliant was being a little naive. Uh, he did look really bad the first half of that game. Uh, looked hesitant. Um, that, but as people will point out, I mean – their receivers are all injured. So it may have just been the receivers weren't getting separation. And I think he's looked a little better each week, but I mean, there are times where he still runs a two minute offense and I'm like, yeah, that guy has still got it. That guy is not done. He's, he's still going to, they still need him to win the Super Bowl. So uh, what'll be interesting to me is if uh, Deontay Harris and Michael Thomas come back and how different that looks for Brees, because he was out there throwing, touchdown passes to Austin Carr. I mean, that's basically where they were at at that point and in practice squad wide receivers. So having any of his receivers back, I think is going to make a world of difference, but yeah, I still believe no one in the NFL runs a two minute offense better than Drew Brees. And I'm sure you're going to see that at some point this weekend. So he's still got it. It's just, you know, we're not talking about 2011 Drew Brees here to be completely realistic. And I don't even know if we're talking about 2014 Drew Brees, but he's still going to outsmart you and he's still, you know, he's still going to do amazing things. It's just, it's, you're, it's not, he's not going to drag the team to a win like he used to be able to. And that Chiefs game, was it still a close competitive game? Was it not? Like it, well, it's like only it, because of the defense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the offense looked atrocious. It was, it was bad. The time of possession difference was like the defense was on the field 42 minutes. Oof which is, I mean, the offense just couldn't do anything. Yeah, he did throw. He did have two really good passes, as I was saying earlier, where you're like, okay, he's still got it. There was one to Emmanuel Sanders, and then I can't remember if this was a Chiefs game or another game. It blurs together, but he threw this brilliant pass to Austin Carr in the end zone. I think that was actually a different game. And he he was out of bounds, but he fit it between this. He put it in this tight window that almost no other quarterback could do. And, you know, he still does incredible things, but – Ooh, sometimes the offense is, is painful to watch lately, which is just not a hallmark of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. You, you mentioned Michael Thomas. Um, I guess what's the, the latest on him? Been out for a bit. Then Alvin Kamara, we, we saw how good he was in the Bears' first matchup. Um, what's the latest on him for this one? I think Michael Thomas is coming back. I mean, they're usually so mom about injuries, but they've been kind of saying this one for weeks. He could have played through it, at the end of the regular season, he's had an ankle injury since he got rolled up on week one. He's been dealing this a long time. But Peyton said he felt like he'd rather try to get him as healthy as possible for the playoffs versus having a Michael Thomas at 50%, kind of limping into the postseason. And uh, Alvin Kamara, 
you know, there's so much we don't know. As far as I know, he was asymptomatic. It kind of seems optimistic that he's going to come back from the game for the game. I don't think it matters if he doesn't practice. But I mean, the only thing that would change that in my mind is if, you know, he develops symptoms later in the week. And then that's a wow, that would be worst case scenario for the Saints, because then I don't even know what next week would look like if they get that far. But right now, I would say I think he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, the the weird thing about this this year is that even if he does come back and he's ready to go, you never quite know what these guys are dealing with when, when they're out uh, with COVID. So, um, it, you know, it could be the type of thing that limits him, for all we know. Absolutely. But, but if it doesn't and the Bears don't have Roquan Smith, yikes. <laughs> that's that's going to be a problem for the Bears. Um, well, do you have a do you have a pick for this game? I've said for some reason I think it's going to be closer than other people think. Um, this week I've been saying I, I see Saints winning 27-21. Um, who knows if I'll be right or extremely wrong, but you know I, I kind of have to stick with that pick now. I've been asked like three times, so I'm like, all right, 27-21 Saints. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> if the Bears got their butts kicked by the Packers, some fans might take that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a way to end this uh, crazy 2020 Moral season. victory, I guess, right? I mean... <laughs> well, well, actually, I don't know if there's many of those still left in Chicago, but yeah, maybe some fans will take it after Something the Green like Bay game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, Kat, thanks so much for your time today, and uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Kat. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, John Z. I got a little nervous with the trade talk and, uh, you know, you trying to ship me off to Houston. So for the first time in weeks, I came up with the three big questions. Well, hey, man, if, if I can help the Bears get Deshaun Watson and give this city a franchise quarterback, I'm sorry, my friend. You could take your Isaac Gian jersey with you. <laughs> Adam's got one behind him in the Zoom call. Sorry, guys. Okay. What do you got for me here? Prove it. <laughs> no one can see us right now. Yeah. They have seen us, though, on the uh, the post-game shows, which, by the way, should have plugged that at the beginning. We are doing – we'll do another live 
uh, post-game YouTube show. And I think we're going to do it how we did it last week, right at the final buzzer. And maybe a little bit earlier than that if uh, this game goes how it very well could. With a fourth quarter, that might not matter. Uh, We'll see. That's why we're here to talk about it right now. So uh, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you should be. Go to YouTube.com. Hogan Johns, search for it. You can find it. Subscribe. You should be subscribed there, and you can check out some of our other videos as well from the podcast. Uh, so thanks for doing that. As if you don't have enough things to subscribe for. Subscribe to? I think that's the correct English. All right. Three big questions. I didn't know what point total to put it at, but I tried to be a little bit realistic. So, Johns, can the Bears defense hold the Saints to under 24 points without Roquan Smith. You know how good you are at your job, Adam? Ooh. The Bears' season average in terms of points allowed, I believe, is 23.1. So look at that. Okay. I should know that, and I did not know that. Look at that. Well, good. So you just, you just, you just, you're too good not to know that or something like that. Um, Perhaps that's why that number felt right. I, I, I don't think the Bears, with Roquan Smith, could keep them under 24 points. How about that? Like it, okay. I, I think this is going to be, especially if the Saints get Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara back, I could easily see them surpassing 27, 30 points in this game. I, I have little faith in what this defense can do right now. Little faith. I understand it, they're motivated. We heard Cleo Mack today. I understand the Saints might be a better matchup than Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers, but come on. I think we've seen enough to know where this could go. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of tired of hearing about how motivated they are to stop the other team. They've been talking about this for months now. Yeah. Khalil Mack felt slighted this week. It was Eddie Jackson who felt slighted last week. What did they? This honestly kind of bothers me. Yeah. What are they slighted about? You should play feel better. Like, yeah. All, yeah. all anyone's doing is pointing out how you're playing. It's on the tape. It's on the tape. Nobody's slighting you. Is it really adversity if you create the adversity? Like that's <laughs> no. a question I always, you know, like trying to get through a pandemic that nobody saw coming and dealing with all that. That is legitimate adversity in this season. But a slumping defense playing poorly and dealing with criticism, you guys created that, not us. That drives me crazy. That's not just this season, but a lot. Yeah, I'm not optimistic at 24. I think it'll be over 24 points. Second question. Can Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor unlock Allen Robinson if Darnell Mooney doesn't play? What choice do they have? <laughs> also, why aren't you throwing the ball to Allen Robinson when you have Darnell Mooney anyway? Yeah, like, well, that, darn, I mean, that's where this question came from. They couldn't get the ball to Allen Robinson last week against the Saints when Mooney was open the entire day, and Mooney took a beating because of it, and now he's probably not going to play this week. To your point, like, earlier this week, like, the Packers' secondary is good. Jari Alexander, he's good. Yep. That's a good secondary. Adrian Amos, our old friend. It's not bad either. Let's give him a little credit. That secondary is good. So the Packers obviously had a role in taking Allen Robinson away. Um, Mitch Trubisky obviously did not like what he saw, but like it just felt part of that game plan in their attack. And I think 
Mitch Trubisky kind of conveyed that with his his messages this week is is that it felt purposely conservative. Right. When Mitch Trubisky want, is, is saying this week he wants to stay after it and be aggressive, it's another shot at that game plan. And, and it's, it's it's he's been like that since he's been very pointed with his words since his return to the lineup. So I find more meaning in them now as opposed to maybe last year. So I felt, and I think Trubisky's words back it up, that that game plan was purposely conservative to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Good game plan, but you got to score points too. So this leads us to the third question I have. And I have this coming out today. But probably by the time you listen to this, it should be out on NBCSportsChicago.com. But looking back at Mitch's first and only playoff game and some of the things he did, and it, what I found interesting was there have been questions about the last playoff game, even though it was two years ago. But one of the interesting things I thought Nagy said this week was that from an X's and O's standpoint, they need to look at some of those things, specifically in the fourth quarter, that worked. In large part, and I'm talking about the Eagles game now from two years ago. In large part, that game, pretty similar to what the Bears have been doing recently. Okay? You had some Bad Mitch in the first half. He got away with a couple passes that should have been picked off. And you had an offense that was stalling in the red zone. People forget Cody Parkey had three made field goals in that game. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You lie. He, that didn't happen. He had two doinks on one kick. Oh, yeah. But he did have three, he did have three made field goals in that game. Uh, but those were because the Bears stalled out. And so, hey, what have we been talking about here recently? You know, they're moving the ball. They're not always scoring. And if they're going to have any chance of beating the Saints, we just told you about the 24 points. If the defense can even hold it around there, you got to score touchdowns, right? So, anyway, fourth quarter, though, they had no choice but to start opening it up. And Mitch hits Allen Robinson. He hit Josh Bellamy for like 33 yards. He hit Taylor Gabriel for 19. It was all, it was like on four plays. Three out of four plays. Bam, bam, bam. 19 to Gabriel, 33 to Bellamy, and then 22-yard touchdown to Allen Robinson. And then the last drive when Mitch had to get him in you know, range for the double doink, 25 yards to Allen Robinson. So all of a sudden they had these explosive plays that hadn't really been there earlier. And I guess that's where this conversation comes. Like, Can you start the game aggressively? Can you do that in this game? Or does that just lead to mistakes by Mitch? Because that's what I think they've been guarding against when we talk about how conservative they maybe were last week. That's what they're afraid of. So good Mitch or bad Mitch? Can I say okay Mitch with the the need of – like I, he, he was okay Mitch against the Packers. Yeah. Did you know that he had his highest QBR of the season in that game? Like his highest since 2018. Think about that. Hmm. That's a metric based on expected points added um, per play, and it's it's like efficiency. Yeah, and he, and he was, but like, it didn't feel like his his best QBR game of the year. They didn't like no. no. So I I feel like like he's capable of of doing that, but can he find those one or two throws, like the deep on the Mooney, maybe another shot into the end zone, maybe a better pass than the one that was nearly intercepted to Allen Robinson in the back of the end zone. Like, is he capable of doing that? Like, I, I, I'm i pretty certain we'll get okay, Mitch. Hey, guess what? That's what Mitch is. Yeah, yeah. He's he's and he's he's more times than not, 
He's okay, Mitch. He yeah. He's <laughs> we 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 we've coined something. But you know what? It's it's almost a, a a wrong question for me to ask here. You can get good Mitch or bad Mitch. Like that was legitimately a thing. Like with the Rex Grossman, good Rex or bad Rex, or even with Jay Cutler, right? Mitch is actually pretty consistent at being okay, Mitch. He really is. Like if you and you can look at it, even that playoff game against the Eagles is a perfect example. He can make a lot of plays for you. And he can also kill you with some moments, right? And it usually at the end of the day, it adds up to really how I've graded him out for most of his career and including this year. He is a back-end starter. He's a starter. He's an NFL starter, but a back-end NFL starter. And I think that's why it makes it murky about what the Bears should do after this game because we've seen many times in this franchise's history where they didn't even have the back-end starter, but at the same time, you should be striving for better than that. And so, welcome to the history of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yes. uh, all right. We should probably get to our predictions, huh? Bold predictions. Khalil Mack, two sacks. Okay. That means he'll have, one, be- that means he'll have one and a half. Because you're always <laughs> close. Yeah, I'm close. Uh, yeah, Eddie Jackson, I was so close. I, I, I feel like... I don't know. Him saying he feels slighted is more than other players saying they're slighted. If, if Cleo Mack feels slighted, that like it's good enough for at least one sack. So give me two. I don't think it's gonna be in I'll save my prediction for two minutes from now, but I think Cleo Mack, he has a great game to 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 finish out this year. I'm gonna say Mitch has three touchdowns. Ooh. Running? One running? Maybe one running, but just three total. Whatever way he gets them. I think that ends up being how I guess what I'm saying is I think they'll convert a little bit more in the red zone. They're going to have to. I won't tell you how many interceptions I think he has. Predictions. You probably heard me allude to it a little bit, but I got Saints 30, Bears... Hmm. Let's go 24. Saints 30, Bears 24. I think the offense plays good enough. Trubisky plays good enough. The defense just isn't up to the challenge by the end of the day. And they may give you some good moments like the Cleo Mack prediction I had, but I think we've seen enough to 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 see that this trend is going to persist for one more week. Yeah. I'm going to say a uh, pretty similar score. I'm going to say, I mean, there's a reason why I put 24 on there for the defense because I think I'm agree, I agree with you. I think that's about where the Bears end up in this game. So I'm going to say 33-24. So depending on if you uh, if you jumped on the line earlier in the week, I was gonna say, yeah, do the math. Then you may have the Saints covering. Um, but if I think right now it's at ten or ten and a half, depending on where you look, then that would be a Bears cover. Yeah, I think the Bears cover. I think it's a close game. I think it's a game that like will be like kind of like last week. It looked like a blowout in the end. It really wasn't a blowout. I mean, the Bears had their opportunity in the fourth quarter to convert that fourth and one. I think maybe that moment comes like late third rather than fourth and then i think the saints kind of pull away oh where the cover comes through i could see that no i'm talking about like where the moment the bears have that the bears have that like the fourth and one we've been talking about all week you know if they convert that could the game have been different maybe that that type of moment is probably going to happen in this game too against the saints where it's somewhat close for a while and you're within one possession you say man if we just made that play i just think that play happens more like in the third quarter rather than the fourth quarter and i think it kind of just gets a gets away in the fourth quarter and 
the Saints end up winning somewhat comfortably in a game that they're clearly the better team. There they are, clearly. Yeah. Better team. All right. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. There you go. Had to get that in one more time before the season was over. There you go. Yes. All right, let's go in order of these other games this weekend. Uh, One of the games I'm really excited about is the first one we get. CBS 12.05 Saturday Colts-Bills. The Bills are six-and-a-half-point home favorite. That's kind of high to me. I I think the Colts' defense is, is pretty darn good. Um. But I really like the Bills. Like, I'm rooting for them. Like, I've picked my team, and they're my (laughs) – like, I'm on their bandwagon. Okay, they covered by a touchdown. Everything I just said, I take it back. (laughs) Bills by a touchdown. Uh, I think the Bills are really good. They're playing great right now. I think this game is tricky, though. I think the Colts are good. I I mean, for an 11-5-7 seed – the Colts are good. They have a good enough defense to cause the Bills some problems. I think this is a really good game that comes down to the wire that the Bills ultimately win. So I'll have the Colts covering Bills win. Fox, 340 on Saturday. Rams at Seahawks. The Seahawks are three and a half point favorite. Here's my upset pick. That Rams defense comes through again. Again. Brandon Staley's unit. Aaron Donald... Jalen Ramsey, two outstanding football players. I like the upset pick here. Not, not just to, to, to cover. Like They're going to win this game. Defensive victory for the Rams. Seahawks, they don't have that home field advantage during this pandemic. So here's my problem. We saw this game two weeks ago, and the Rams had Jared Goff, and the Rams defense played fine, and the Rams still couldn't score enough points. So I just I, I keep looking at it, and I don't really know how it's going to be different, especially if Jared Goff is either not playing or hurt. So I can't do it. I, I got the Seahawks winning, and I think they also cover. They might win by like exactly four points. I agree, low scoring, but the Seahawks defense is improving. I just don't see the Rams being able to score enough. NBC on Saturday night, 7-15, Bucks at Washington. If you've listened to me, you know where I'm going on this one. Uh, eight and a half. Obviously, I have Washington covering since I think there's a chance they can win outright. All right, Washington will cover, but Tom Brady's going to win. We know that, right? Like, come on. I don't know that. No, we know that. Okay. Tom Brady's going to win. Bucks are the significantly better team. Washington's got the defense to make it interesting. They probably got the front four to make it interesting. It's Tom Brady. Okay. He's not done. No, don't care. All right, we move to Sunday. The other two games, ABC 1205. I think it's on like seven different channels. I think ESPN's doing their mega cast thing. Uh, it's 1205 Ravens at Titans. The Titans are a three-and-a-half-point home dog. Hmm. The Ravens. The Titans defense is not good. Yeah. It's just not. And the, the Ravens might have enough to slow down that run game. Remember, this is the matchup that both last year in the playoffs, the Titans won. And earlier this season, the Titans came back and won. If you look at it, though, the Ravens turned the ball over a ton in those games, and they were not converting in the red zone. Lamar Jackson looks like Lamar Jackson. Again, the Ravens are rolling. Pretty dangerous team actually going into the playoffs. I have the Ravens winning and covering here. I'm just a boob fan. NBC 715 Sunday night. The Cleveland 
Brown stricken with COVID without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. I mean, we're talking about like coach of the year candidate who's not going to be able to coach in the playoffs. Joel Betonio, guy who's been there for seven years, finally gets a playoff Stinks. game. He's out with COVID. That is brutal. They're going to Pittsburgh. Steelers are six-point favorites. You want to pick the Browns, right? Like it's the ultimate underdog story. Like the Browns are the ultimate under, underdog team, but like yeah. just with the whole situation here, I'll pick with my heart in this one. I'm gonna go Browns, winning outright. What I don't believe it. Going with my heart, going with my gut. It's been wrong all year. Yeah, Browns. I'm taking the Steelers. We saw this game last weekend. The Steelers were in Cleveland. They didn't even play Ben Roethlisberger. They almost won anyway when Cleveland had everything on the line. Now Cleveland's without their head coach. Got got guys down. It I just look you look at the difference. Go for the story, Adam. I, I get the story. You know what the story is? Stefanski's made a huge difference there this season. And they're not gonna Coach have him. So yeah, I got the Steelers winning and covering. I'm excited about these games though. They're all fun. Double triple header. Five of the six of them are fun. Um <laughs> You did it again. Uh, I've been traded to Houston. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read our playoff coverage. NBCSportsChicago.com for me, TheAthletic.com. Slash Hogan Johns for Adam Johns. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the podcast, subscribing. Appreciate our loyal listeners all season long. Maybe this isn't it. Maybe this isn't our last preview episode. Otherwise, we're talking. Hey. <laughs> See, the thing about that is that we're talking about Bears-Packers again next week. Ooh, hey, it is hard to beat a team three times in a season because it like almost never happens. But where do they four could happen? Fourteen and forty-four against the Packers. Wasn't that Dan Pompey's piece? Oh yeah, like since Brett Favre was the starter mm-hmm. since nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, I believe it's the year. Alrighty, we'll be there for you after the game on YouTube. YouTube, okay? Go find it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Be there. And uh, if we start early, we will tweet it out so you can look out for the link, too, on there. Uh, we'll let you know if we start and how we break it down for you after the game. The Bears are in the playoffs. It is a good thing, and this should be a fun weekend. We will talk to you Sunday. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>